Good afternoon, everyone. This is Loxanne and Molly from the Impact Consulting Podcast. Hello. <laughs> so today we've got a bit of an update for you, an update and a special episode where we'll, I suppose, tell you a little bit about where we've been lately because we have been a little bit silent and not as present and uh, speaking with you and meeting with you in the same way that we have done in the past. So we'll give you that update. And we're also going to be talking about consulting leveling up strategies. So we'll be talking all about different strategies that you can use to really get to the next level in your impact consulting journey. And, And we'll also talk a little bit about what that actually means to level up or what we mean by that and how you can actually do it. So Molly, what have we been up to lately? Well, I guess the big news, I think most people are aware or maybe not, I don't know, is that we got married. Yay. Woo! Uh, yeah, so we got married in September. We had a pretty big wedding, lots of friends, family, the whole thing. And then after that, we went on honeymoon around the Balkans for three weeks. So that was quite nice. Yes, lovely part of the world. And of course, as independent social impact professionals, we had the freedom to take that extended honeymoon. And also we took a bit of time off before that to just spend time with friends and family who, especially, you know, Molly's family and friends who came from the US. And we probably took a good four to four or five weeks off just to do that, just to do something other than work. And, you know, feeling very grateful about our situation that has allowed us to do yeah, something definitely, like that. Definitely. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we got married and we went on our honeymoon. And now we're back with renewed energy to support IC Hubbers to get to their next level in their consulting journey, wherever you might be in your current consulting journey. And one way we're doing that is through a premium workshop, our very first premium workshop. Now, well, Molly, why don't you just tell us briefly about the premium workshop that we have coming up? Well, I think that the key point is that the topic is about strategies for growth. So it's not for consultants who are just starting out. It's for people who have already started and are kind of ready to get to the next step. So that's the topic. And then I guess, but maybe you're asking why we have decided to do a workshop or what? Well, that that is a very good point as well. So we explained this a little bit to IC Hubbers in an email last month. But essentially, you know, we've been doing IC Hub for about a year now. And we really enjoyed doing it on a volunteer basis. But what we also want to do is to provide some really kind of higher level, higher quality resources to really help those who are are truly serious about their consulting journey, about being independent social impact professionals to reach that next level. And not only to benefit their own businesses, but that's what we will hopefully do for you is to help you increase your business and maximize your revenues, but also to kind of deliver more impact for your clients. That kind of explains that we're still going to do a lot of free stuff. I think we believe in providing and creating more resources and providing more information about independent social impact consulting, because as I think we've mentioned in previous podcasts and content, when we started out, there was really a dearth of information out there. So we still feel passionately about trying to Uh, help people in a way that we weren't helped ourselves. But we also want to help finance the IC Hub and also give ourselves the 
challenge of, of creating something higher value that we feel comfortable putting a price on. And in doing so, also trying to get a bit more commitment from people at some of our IC Hub skills exchanges have been great, but it's never really clear who's going to show up. And when something's free, I think it's easy to, it's a low threshold, so people might sign up, but then not make it. And, and it makes it a bit harder for us and for other IC Hubbers to really arrange activities that are really meaningful and really helpful. So that's that. And yeah, so we have this next workshop, this first workshop coming up on the 27th of October. I think by the time this podcast episode goes out, we'll probably have closed registrations because we've had a really great positive response from IC Hubbers so far, and we want to keep this initial workshop small. But in any case, you know, you can go to impactconsultinghub.com forward slash workshops to check out this and other workshops that we're going to be running. And you can also join the waiting list for this one and for others that we'll be doing. So we'll drop a link to that in the show notes too. Anyway, so let's talk a bit about leveling up your consulting journey. You know, what does that mean and how do you do it? Molly, what do we mean by leveling up? So I think that I'm not, I don't know, I guess I don't know what everyone's journey is, but I think for me and also for you and some other people that I know, you are really excited at first and you go out and you're like, okay, this is a big leap. I'm going to get my website set up. I'm going to get business cards. I'm going to do my initial networking round. I'm going to do all this stuff. You feel really excited about it. You're ready to go. And then maybe you get like your first client. That's a big deal, especially if before you were a lot of people get them from previous employers or reference through their existing network. So you kind of get these this first client, maybe you get a second one, something like that. But then I feel a lot of people plateau where they kind of are, they have all this stuff ready. They have their website set up. They have a concept of what they want to be, what services they want to provide. And then they just get their former employer as their main client. And then it's really hard to branch out and get different clients. So I guess that that plateau hits a lot of people For me, I would say it was probably like a year in or something. And that's where you start to just have the same clients or whatever. And then you kind of, you're fine, you're cruising along. But the question is, where do you go from there? Because you're self-employed, you're running your own consulting practice. You don't have a manager who's going to say, okay, now you're promoted to the next level. So it's kind of like promoting yourself to the next level and taking your consulting practice to the next level rather than just cruising along and kind of doing the same old. And I I don't know, I think that's been kind of a frustration that I've heard from IC Hubbers and I've felt myself as well, is that you feel like you can get in a rut and just be doing the same type of projects with the same clients over and over again. And then leveling up will allow you to to get out of that, to move on to the next thing is that what your interpretation is or is <laughs> yeah, that pr- pr- pretty much but i would also just add that the path you've described is well trodden uh, th- there are also a lot of ic hubbers and other independent social impact professionals who start off consulting by accident yeah. and you mentioned consulting with a previous employer that's kind of also a very well trodden path or at least a pathway into this kind of independent social impact consulting track that that we're in. So a lot of people might start consulting because they, let's say, have to move 
cities and still want to work a bit with their former employer. So they might do that on a consulting basis. And, or, you know, they might just move cities or a change in life circumstances, kids, etc., and then decide to start consulting. And then the rest is as, as you've described. So, yeah, I think there's a situation where you, you might be predominantly working with your past employer, or you might have that or one or two clients repeat business, or you might be applying for a lot of work. And there's that kind of, after a while, you might start to feel a bit frustrated because you have to devote a lot of time to business development. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you might feel at least, you know, a lot of IC hubbers that I've spoken to have felt it a bit to be a bit frustrating to constantly have to apply for work. And so that it's kind of the situation of a contractor where you're kind of, you're valued for the work you do on a contract, but you might not have that much reach and influence and so on. You might not be viewed as an expert in your field. And and for many people, that might be enough. That might be exactly where you want to be. You might not want to have a lot of influence in the sector. You might value, let's say, the freedom of being a bit under the radar. But anyway, that's how we define that plateau challenge where you are kind of just going project to project you're not necessarily feeling a lot of growth yeah and yeah this is where this is our starting point I suppose so so when we talk about leveling up what would you say is the destination where we would like to go to Molly I guess and I'm just answering from my personal perspective and that is that the goal would be to be seen as an expert in your field and then have work coming to you rather than you chasing after work or applying for various things and having people actually approach you and say, I know you're the expert and X, Y, Z, and I have a project. You seem like the person that we need for the job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's, I think, a very important part of it, being an expert, being the go-to expert in your field. And the prize is this. You, you not only, in some ways, outsource your business development so that you're getting referrals on a lot more of a regular basis rather than having to apply for stuff and, and feel like you're constantly hustling. It's also about leveraging yourself so that you have a voice in your field, so that you have that influence in your field. With independent social impact consulting, what we often like to talk about is that that aspect of freedom we have. And, and I think the, the lifestyle benefits of that are well documented, like, you know, location independence, being in control of your own schedule. But it, for, at least for us, I think, and, and certainly for me, it goes much more beyond that. It's really about freedom over your own impact and the ability to leverage yourself as an impact creator for many different people and, and organizations and, and beneficiaries so that's kind of the prize here it's it's that extra it's the kind of I suppose outsourcing of your business development and just having a much more kind of steady and regular stream of potential projects and it's also about having control having influence over the field and that feeling that you're making a bit more of a difference again it's totally fine if, if people are happy where they are if you are, then continue what you're doing. But what we're doing with this, at least this 
podcast episode and upcoming workshop is trying to get people to that level where they're seen as the expert. So let's talk about how you actually do that. And of, of course, this is in some ways a bit of a teaser episode with ahead of our upcoming premium workshop. In our premium workshop, we go through all the things that we're discussing now in more detail with a lot more actionable advice and coaching as well to help you decide which approaches are, are relevant to you and how you can actually implement them. But we're going to give you a bit of a, an overview here today. So yeah, I would say let, let's talk first about some building blocks because I think before, in some ways, we, we this is a bit of an advanced conversation. And, you know, you need to have a few things in place before you even get to the point of, of plateauing. And, and if you are reaching the, a plateau that we've just described, that's in some ways a very good thing. And congratulations for getting there, because a lot of people don't even get there. But anyway, let's talk a bit about, I suppose, the, the basic things that you need in place to even get to that strong position from which to level up. Molly, what do you think? Or, or rather, Molly, what has actually worked for you what has been a game changer for you in terms of getting you to where you are now, which is, you know, you've been consulting for two years and it's gone pretty well and you are generating a steady stream of clients. I would say that what I've needed to get to this point was figuring out my offerings, I guess, or my niche, what I actually want to do in very specific terms. So for me, that was fundraising and partnership development. And within that, we all know there's actually a lot of different services I could offer. I actually had someone who looked at my website yesterday said, there's actually a lot on here. And so I think I need to go back to my website. And I think I had maybe seven or eight different services within the fundraising realm. And I think I may trim it down a little bit even. So just figuring out what people want to buy from you, what you can give as a service, and then yeah, it seems really easy, but it's not actually that easy. So I think that that's kind of the fundamental thing. And then once you've done a few projects, you realize what you are comfortable with, what you can do, what you can deliver, and you know how much time it takes, all that type of stuff. You start learning those skills, you learn what people need. That's kind of the foundation. And then from there, I've one of the first things I did was develop a website just to have a home for all the things that I'm doing and give something, make it look pretty professional so that people can see what I'm all about and kind of get a feel for how I work. And then I've done uh, blog posts and things like that that I share on LinkedIn. And then I network a lot through LinkedIn and through previous uh, positions that I've had. So I guess that's the main thing, unless you can think of anything else. Yeah, no, I think those are, are the main things I've observed you do and worked with you to do. I think just in terms of, I suppose, the bare minimums, I think, yeah, that being able to describe very clearly what you do. Yeah, the elevator for, pitch. Exactly, yeah. and a very clear elevator pitch. Yeah, and um, who, who you're targeting as well. Like if you're targeting a specific type of person like for me it's pretty obvious who's doing the fundraising and, and whatnot in the organization those are the people I want to be talking to yeah but obviously if you're a male person understanding like who would be the decision maker on hiring you so I guess like a project manager or something like that exactly yeah and I would say that some of the blogging stuff you do is really 
part of the leveling up that we're talking about you know most independent social impact professionals when they're at the beginning of their journey they they haven't even really done that yet yeah that's true i and i will say that's something i did later and that was after i was i felt like i was having a lot of the same conversations with clients and i guess that's kind of another plateau feeling where you're having the same conversation you know for me as a fundraiser explaining the different routes or channels that funds might come through for at least the basics I felt I was explaining that a lot and I kind of felt like I don't want to be explaining this every day so I put it into a blog post that's available on my website and then I also send that to clients to kind of help them start to get their head around these different channels so I'm just not it just gets tiring and gets it feels like a plateau if you're explaining the same thing every time so I guess that is kind of a leveling up exactly strategy that I've done and I think yeah and I would just just say leveling up is also about trying to scale up what you're doing already so I would say that the bare minimum for a new independent consultant would be to be able to be very clear about what you do and have a, a website that explains what you do and you know has a bit of a showcasing of of some work you've done previously even if that's with a previous employer and then also just keeping in touch with key people right so that's kind of the bare minimum now when we look at how you level up i think one key there's a couple of key themes in this well in the upcoming workshop and in this podcast there's personal branding so you want to develop a brand you want to develop an identity where people know who you are and what you do and what you stand for and there are different ways to do that that we're going to go into and then there's the this point about scalability and I, I don't know who it was but I listened to another podcast previously which really resonated with me when it talked about you know are you building assets and what they mean by that is are a contractor is someone who is essentially swapping their time for for money okay just just in very simplistic terms but what you want to do is to kind of build assets that can serve people that are not totally linked with your time and what i mean by that is things like knowledge products creating content that can be consumed and reconsumed uh, regardless of whether you're working or not and that can be done through things like content creation blogging like molly's just described and in other ways but that's kind of one of the important themes here and that that aspect of scalability so applying that though some of those themes to what we've just uh, talked about the next stage of leveling up is really about scaling what you're doing so let's say that process of keeping in touch with people well early on in your consulting journey you might just be sending emails now and again to key contacts that you've you know previous employer some other key contacts that you might have met in, in at events and so on and just letting them know you're about and working on whatever as a consultant uh, that's good how do you molly how do you actually scale that up then well what i do and what you do and i learned from you is a <laughs> mailing list so using something like using software like ConvertKit or MailChimp to actually, or, you know, you could do it in your email as well, just have a list that you BCC. So that's just a way to keep everybody updated on what you're doing. 
and to share resources. So if you do create resources, then you can share that with people directly. They're more likely to see it. The other thing that you can do to keep in touch with people is, of course, using LinkedIn or other social media. So, yeah, these are just ways that you can be in touch with more people. And I've noticed that in my own life, just in kind of personal life and professional life, I realize that I feel a lot closer to people who post a lot on social media just because I see their faces, I see what they're doing, I see where they're living. And, you know, even when we were kind of inviting wedding guests, I ended up inviting a lot more people who maybe I had met at the same point and had been equally good friends with them. But then I ended up inviting the ones who I'd seen more on social media just because I had a sense of where they were living. I had something, you know, when I messaged them, I said, oh, hope you're enjoying California. You know, it'd be great to catch up some time. So I know something about them. I know, you know, who their partner is or whatever. And then you feel closer to them. So I think the same goes with consulting is that if you're off in your own room doing whatever, then yeah, people just don't feel as close to you. So kind of keeping that presence, that light touch association with people is really important because they see, oh, you're doing this type of service. Oh, you're producing this type of content. Then they'll think of you if they have that work or if someone mentions that they need a project done. Yeah, absolutely. And so we've both got our emailing lists and we send an an email to this mailing list. Let's say mine has about 500 people now because I've built it over time. Yeah, that's a lot of people. Well, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's about build, building assets, right? So you're you're building these platforms and, and resources that you can tap into that get better over time. And all of the things we're talking about today and in the workshop, none of them are push button easy that you just do and implement and, and that's that. They're things that you build over time. So important caveat there. But, you know, so building that mailing list I've spoken about this many times. I, or we both send quarterly updates. So every three months we send an email to this mailing list to just reconnect and give an update of what we've been up to. And that is a way from the member of the mailing list perspective, the, from the recipient's perspective, they get an email with their, with their name straight to them that's directly addressed to them with a kind of, you know, what's up? This is what I've been up to. How are you? And it takes me very little time to write that one email every three months that reaches so many people and and right off the bat of that every email i send i I get a few emails back saying are you available to do this this and that um you know consulting assignments so very much worth it an important aspect of of leveling up linkedin is also good to be visible on as well but we won't go too much into that so that's kind of one aspect of leveling up and there's many different ways that you can grow an audience and use that mailing list that we'll talk about both in the workshop and yeah, in, in subsequent I always, workshops. I always feel a bit funny sending emails through the mailing list. So I've had to do a lot of soul searching about what kind of emails I want to send, what kind of content is most useful. So we'll cover that in the workshop, I think, too. Exactly. And so once you've established that mailing list as well, the question is also what kind of things can you send that mailing list? And and that kind of brings us on to this point about content creation or thought leadership or whatever you want to call it. But essentially, and just to take a step back as well, try to imagine that you bring different people into your orbit and then you give them a chance to get to know you and for you to get to know them. And then at some point, if they need 
your services, they will think of you more than others. That's kind of the uh, strategy we're going for here. And also that when you bring more people into orbit, you expand your influence and reach in your field, which is, again, a big part of what we're talking about today, too. But yeah, content creation, thought leadership, what might that include, Molly? So the one I mentioned already is blogging. And one that I know you do is podcasting, yep. what we're doing right now. Exactly. Uh, yeah, those are the two main that jump in. Yeah, but also I would say like vlogging or, or YouTubing. Yeah, um, or live now that we can go to live events and do public speaking, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Speaking, you know, anything where you have that chance to put out into the world what you think about things, what you're working on and so on, where you're seen as the expert. And that's kind of the key point here. When we talk about blogging, I think with you and with Molly and fellow IC Hubber, um, Jen, shout out to Jen, you did a series of joint blogs together about different themes of fundraising. And I mean, yeah, maybe just explain briefly what your experience was with with that. Uh, Yeah, so I guess my experience, so the concept was that we were working together on a series and I think my takeaways from that is that we started with a a set number of articles. We said that we were, we would do 10. And so I think that if you're doing blogs or anything like that, I think it's really easy to get sucked into just having an endless list of blogs that you feel you need to get caught up with. And maybe at first you're really motivated and then your motivation slowly declines. You get busy, you get distracted. So I was really glad we had a set of 10, we decided all the topics in advance, and then we alternated who would write each one, and then we had a few joint ones. And it was just really useful because we did topics related to fundraising, because Jen has actually a lot of experience in fundraising, and she is now doing more focused on the writing side of things, so she's also a fantastic writer. So I learned a lot about her from her experience as a fundraiser, And getting feedback on your writing, I think, is always really useful as well. And then coming up with ideas, having somebody to bounce ideas off and call and be like, I had this frustrating experience with a client, not understanding this. How can I explain this in a better way? And anyways, we got to the end of the list of 10 articles. And now each of us has that on our blog and we can share that with clients. We share that on our, I shared that on my mailing list share it on LinkedIn. So it's kind of all the good things about getting your name out there. Plus you have this resource bank that even if you're not going to be famous blogger, you can still share it with clients and say, okay, I see you're doing a case for support. I actually have this handy article that has all the information you need about it. And I'll just send that to you so you can go over it and then we can discuss more at the next meeting. So it's just really handy. Yeah. resource bank that we created and it was fun fun to do exactly so it, again that underlines the point about it being an asset you know it's a digital these are digital assets that you can use and reuse with with clients and others in your network to help them ultimately and to, to serve them which is what we're, we're all trying to do so i think yeah a few key points that that i've picked out from both my my podcasting experience and for those of you who don't know, I'm an independent migration <laughs> specialist and I host a podcast called the Migration and Diaspora Podcast where I interview people in my community of work. And yeah, so a couple of things I've noticed about our strategies 
our approaches to this is that you might not get loads of hits and that this will also depend on the niche that you're working in, whether you're a skills-based expert, a thematic specialist, and some other factors too. But the fact of the matter is that even if people aren't reading your blog posts in detail, they your community of work sees what you're writing about. So it shows that you you are working on, it shows what you're working on. It's something that you can use and reuse with clients, as we said. And yeah, it can have those, it shows that you're, it positions you as an expert in your field. And just from my experience podcasting, you know, it was a great excuse for me to network with some key people because people generally love, mm-hmm. <laughs> love it when you give them a platform. So that was kind of one benefit for me. Another was that I could send episodes from my catalogue when I would go in for work. I could include those links in any emails I sent to potential clients. You know, I could say, oh, this thing that you are thinking of working on with me, I already did a podcast episode on that. Here it is, FYI, just to help you. And just as a result of this too, one reason why I wanted to do podcasting was to not only improve my speaking skills and communication skills, but also to see if there would be additional opportunities as a paid speaker in my field. And I'm pleased to say that in a few weeks time, I'm going, I've been invited to speak at a conference in Paris, which I'll get paid for, you know, so these things are, are bearing fruit. So yeah, any kind of content creation. I also think there's a huge opportunity for independent social impact professionals in YouTubing, because I haven't seen many people do it. I know someone in my field of work who does these kind of migration explainer videos, which which I think is pretty cool. So I think that's kind of a, a, a real opportunity out there. And I'd love to hear from other IC hubbers who have actually tried doing this to see what their, their views are on it. Anyway, so there's the content creation. Let's move on to another important way to level up, and that is outsourcing, which um, mm-hmm. Molly, I know you've You've had a bit of experience in as a Yeah, while. very, very limited. But and so, I mean, all I've really done is because I, yeah, I generally don't have massive projects. I have used Fiverr uh, to hire kind of proofreaders or researchers or things like that. And I would say I've had very mixed results. I will say one strategy that I found is good is to instead of spending a lot of time sifting through the different postings because each seller has their own little page you know and you have to look through all their reviews and everything what i've done is they have an option to post a job and so what i would do is post a gig i guess they call it on fiverr and i would say exactly what i want very clear very detailed very or like very strictly outlined on what i want and then people the sellers actually respond to me and then I can sift through the profiles based on who wants the work and then they give you a quote as well. And so I think that there are definitely good things about Fiverr because you can get, yeah, if you need proofreading, if you're doing a, writing a grant or an article or a press release or something, you definitely want to get proof that proofread. And asking friends and family or whatever is not a good sustainable strategy for that. So I think Fiverr can be good for that. Just, you know, making sure that you're really checking who you're working with. But I think some other things with like research, I have such a niche 
topic that sometimes those research skills are really hard to outsource. So I haven't had much luck with that. Maybe if you have something where you just need some basic research done, you could get it done. Things like graphic design, that's definitely doable. Building a website, getting a logo done, all of that. I think Fiverr is fine. So that's been my experience. Yeah. Well, I think there are different ways you can do outsourcing and there are pros and cons to it and various things you need to be aware of. I think what you've talked about is probably the kind of straight, more relatively more straightforward things of you might have in order to leverage yourself better. You want to be focusing on the things that you're good at, the higher yeah, value yeah. tasks, and you want to outsource smaller, simpler, more monotonous tasks to others at a lower cost. Yeah, and things that are kind of easy to explain and easy for someone else to take yeah. and do. It's just really important that it's something that's very packageable that they can do and then pass back to you and you say, okay, is it good or not? Exactly. And that can also be about perhaps outsourcing accounting or bookkeeping and things yeah, like yeah, that, that's that's admin true. stuff. Uh, and another way you can do it is to hire a research assistant to actually help you with, well, I say research assistants, uh, let's say someone who is a bit more qualified to work with you more jointly on projects. So someone like you, but a bit more junior. Um, mm-hmm. In a lot of thematic specialisms, like mine, you know, I'm a thematic specialist. Uh, there are researchers, let's say, who do migration, master's degrees or PhDs, whom I can work with to do work. And I've done this before. I've either paid graduate students on an hourly basis, you know, 15 euros an hour, or also junior consultants on a, on a daily basis, uh, 150 bucks a day. That kind of range is what I've paid at least. And uh, I've commissioned things like documentary reviews and kind of more, I suppose, lower level stuff, but stuff which saves me time. I've had, I won't lie, I've had mixed experiences with it sometimes and it's hard to find the right people, but, uh, but other times it has been a, a kind of game changer. You know, you have someone to bounce ideas off of and then you also can focus a bit more on more strategic level stuff. So that's kind of the outsourcing thing. Related to that is also partnering with other independent social impact professionals like yourself. So yeah, I had I've had experience doing this where I've worked in a kind of consulting team and I've had experience where I've just linked up with another independent social impact professional. Uh, and that's kind of another way you can do it. You know, you've got to find the person you can trust, someone who has complementary skills to you. But for me, the way it worked was uh, I had a friend who uh, was also a consultant like me. We were offered the same, we were offered interviews for the same consulting assignment. And we got together and kind of said that, uh, well, we agreed to say in the, in the interview for the assignment that we would be happy to work individually or together. And we offered kind of a higher rate for working together because we thought we were offering two heads for the price of one. And that worked out really well. And this is a UN agency client. They were happy to kind of offer us the same, uh, essentially the same contract, same terms of reference and all of that. Us both being jointly and severally liable, which means that both of us were fully responsible for the project. So if one person failed or, or let's say decided 
they didn't want to work on it anymore, the other uh, was still liable for it, which I think is quite a, a fair way to do it. Anyway, so that's kind of uh, another way to level up is to find someone with complementary skills to you and just try out working on a project. And, and the same goes for all kinds of outsourcing and collaborations. You know, you want to try things out. Ideally, try out a collaboration more informally beforehand, you know, like how Molly and Wajen work together on a blog post. Build that trust and then work on something bigger together. Anyway, so that's all we're going to cover today. Uh, obviously, we're going to cover more in the workshop. So head on over to impactconsultinghub.com forward slash workshops if you are interested in attending this or other workshops. So we covered a lot today. Uh, what have we talked about? We talked about personal branding, scaling up uh, what you're doing already, uh, building assets for your business. What else? We talked about content creation. Outsourcing. Yeah, and we're going to cover all of that in more detail and much more in the in the workshop. Anyway, for now, thank you very much for listening and we wish you all the best. Thank you so much for listening to the Impact Consulting Podcast. If you want more free advice and guidance on becoming a freelance consultant in the social impact and international development space, head to impactconsultinghub.com and subscribe to our mailing list. We'd love to see how we can help. Thanks again for tuning in and see you next time.